What is up, everyone? Welcome to Her Education, the podcast. I am Courtney, and I am here to bring you a mix of women's health education, practical skills that I use in my workplace and in business, and most importantly, the mindset that is involved in being an exceptional healthcare provider, which I think is actually one of the most important parts. Now, for those of you who are not aware yet, I will be kicking off a Q&A series in the podcast where you guys get to ask a question and I will answer it through a podcast episode. And it can be anything from business and mindset related. It can be women's health questions, whatever it is. You can shoot me a DM on Instagram, or you can shoot me over an email at hello at exercise physiology. That's not my email address. Hello at her exercise physiology.com.au. So any burning questions, be sure to ask because I guarantee that many of you other listeners are probably wondering the same thing. And if not, we'll find incredible value out of some of the information that other practitioners or health and fitness pros actually ask. So today we have a practical topic. We are talking about treating pelvic floor dysfunction like any other musk injury. So that's what we're getting into. But before we get into that, a little update in the life of court. If you follow along my Instagram, you'll actually know that I went out to dinner a couple of weeks ago for the purpose of making new friends. Super lame, I know, but I lived in this town for a while now. I don't really know anybody. I need some friends. I work from home. So I have no coworkers and colleagues that you just, you know, anyway, it's hard when you're getting older. So I went to a dinner with 16 random women and honestly felt like I was going on a blind date. <laughs> I turned up at the pub alone, like I drive to the pub, parked my car, turned up, walked in. I was like, I don't even know what these chicks look like. I'm looking for a big table with 16 women. Go to this random table. I'm like, hey, are you guys that random like chicks dinner? Hey, yeah, welcome. Great. Sat down and I spent the whole night making conversation with people that I didn't know. And let me tell you, it was so hard. It was really nice. It was really, really hard. Like it's, it wasn't like a friend's a birthday or event where you kind of don't really know anyone that's going, but you have this like one friend in common and you've kind of heard of who these people are. I had no idea about any of them. So I had, it was super, super awkward really friendly people, but it just felt so bizarre, but it was really nice. I had a really great time, but I learned one valuable lesson from this. And that was, if you are looking to find friends to do things with that you actually enjoy doing, then you should probably find friends doing activities you like, because what I meant by this was like, I'm not a drinker. I don't like I, I might have a drink here and there, but like, I don't really drink and I don't really love going out at nighttime. I am such a PJ movie type in bed by 9 PM type person, even on the weekend. And at 8.45, the group was like, yep, let's go to the next bar. We're going to like go to this random bar that I don't even remember the name of. And I was like, oh man, I don't really want to do that. I'm not really into bars. Like it was kind of like they were going to go party on to that next event. They were all like drinking cocktails and things like that. So I actually went home. <laughs> that was the first one to go home and I felt like such a loser. And when I said to the group that I'm going home and that I don't normally do evenings, I'm not really a drinker, they actually said, what do you mean you're going home? Like, are you weird? Should we be worried about you? You don't drink and like you want to go home to bed? And I was like, at that very moment, I realized these people just want to go to dinner. They want to have drinks. They want to be out at nighttime. They're partying on. Probably not going to want to do that 
with them every time. So anyway, that was my immediate thought. And I went home, got in my car. I went home. I felt like a loser to be quite honest. I was like, oh my God, I'm like such a granny. I'm going home. And the older ladies that were out in the group too didn't even go home. I felt like such a dag. But anyway, I also felt really quite proud of myself for actually having a crack and going out to make new friends because I'm really not a socializer in like going out of my way to make friends with people. Um, I'm quite open to making friends when things naturally happen, but I don't just put myself out there. I've never been like that with dating, never been like that with friends. I'm just like a, if it happens, it happens type person. Anyway, with my new realization, I also went home saying to my partner, like, babe, this is just not how I'm going to make friends. Like it was really nice, but like I need to go and do things that I really like with similar type of people that they'll be there also and make friends that way. Because this was just like not the best way for Courtney to make friends. <laughs> but it was really, really nice. And um, they were really lovely women. It was so fabulous. And But that was one thing I learned. And if you were on my Instagram story today, you'll know that my thought of the day is lessons can be learned everywhere that you can apply to pretty much any part of your life. So that was my lesson from that event. So for all those who actually messaged me on Instagram and asked about how that went, that is the update. Um, I went home early, didn't make a friend, but realized I need to make friends differently. So we got there in the end. Anyway, on the mentorship front, moving on, we are in month three of the program. We're moving into high impact training and functional activities. I really love this module because I always find that this information was the hardest to find when trying to learn how to resolve like pelvic floor symptoms. And when you're an exercise physiologist or a personal trainer, for that matter, you can't really progress clients to full functional activities with load and impact unless you really know how to do it. And you kind of feel like, God, I'm just doing all these rehab exercises. I could probably almost just be a physio. So I think that's what's really, really cool about this is like, I'm actually teaching that progression. That's quite, that is missing. I find that anyone in the mentorship at the moment who is already doing some form of pelvic health really just needs to learn. Like, I don't really know how to get them from like all the core exercises and the pelvic health exercises to heavy lifting and jumping and box jumping and burpees and running and things like that. So this is like one of my favorites. So I'm really looking forward to the live calls this month. We get to chat a little bit more about how to progress beyond those initial phases of rehab into those uh, loaded exercises. So I'm looking forward to that. Now, the reason I've actually chosen today's topic is because when we went over the phases of treatment um, I use with clients in the last live group call inside the mentorship, it was actually mentioned how helpful it was to see a treatment outline with progressions and the exercise prescription that went alongside each phase when it came to pelvic floor dysfunction and the types of pelvic floor dysfunction. Um, so that's why I thought about this because it was like, like if you're someone who's in musk rehab, you will know that there are very clear outlines on how to rehab ACL injuries or shoulder injuries, like from the beginning to the end, there are steps involved. There are expectations around how long it takes. It's like, the client or the patient also understands this. Um, there are exercises for each different phase of the process. It's really, really clear. And it really surprises me that there isn't really a clear process for pelvic health specifically when it comes to things like leaking, pelvic floor dysfunction or prolapse or even tightness. Now, we can we can really only find recommendations around pelvic floor specific exercises or glute training to help support the pelvic floor. And then once you piece all of these random bits of research together and things you learn along the way, can you really then 
have the opportunity to think like, wow, this can be like the same sort of process as rehabbing an injury. So I think it's also the same problem for return to exercise postnatal. And that doesn't mean if there's dysfunction, that just means like general return to exercise that you are in this slow return um, with progressions versus like, you know, there are no clear guidelines for this. Um, And there are a lot of issues around this at the moment, especially with like doctors giving women the all clear to just return back to exercise as normal. And what that normal looks like for them is so different to what normal looks like for someone else. And I think there's getting this like, there shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't just be like, oh, you can go back to doing whatever you're doing. You don't actually do this with any other injury or any surgeries for that matter. And I don't think a doctor would actually say to someone who's just come post, post-op orthopedic knee replacement or whatever an ACL repair or generally just an injury from maybe a, an accident or a sporting injury or whatever it might be. Oh, just like give it 10 weeks and then like, or six weeks in the case of postnatal and then go back to exercise and you'll be fine. It'll be healed. Like it just doesn't happen that way. And it shouldn't happen for this either. So pelvic floor rehab needs to be treated just like any musk injury. Like the only difference is that symptoms are not always pain related. I mean, there are pain related symptoms, but I actually describe it to my clients like pelvic floor issues are just like a knee injury, except instead of having pain, you have pee. And then that usually makes them realize like, oh yeah, it is. So we need to go through those phases treatment, just like all other muscles, the pelvic floor, it needs to work well in isolation with appropriate like neural drive to back in front of the pelvic floor and to be able to actually connect with it and you know, voluntarily switch it on if we want to, but it also needs anticipatory, um, like, or reflexive feedback or reflexive activation or whatever you want to call it. It needs to establish full range of motion. It needs that lengthening and the shortening phases of contraction. It also needs hypertrophy and strength. Most times it does. Sometimes it doesn't. I have had the case where clients do not need any more hypertrophy of their pelvic floor or strength for that matter. Um, But it needs to also integrate with other muscle groups and contribute appropriately to functional movement patterns. So just like a shoulder injury, you need to do your rotator cuff stability exercises. Then you need to make sure it's stable in those other functional movements like overhead press work as well, or rows for that example, or any upper body movement. Same concept. Your pelvic floor needs to be reflexive. It needs to be on. It needs to help regulate pressure in things like squats and hinges and lunges. And also be graded in terms of exposure to load and impact. It needs to go through progressive overload for those same things. It's like ankle injury, knee injury. You don't just go back into high impact running or jumping with those things. You start to develop a little bit of a treatment plan that progresses from general exercise or exercises, rehab exercises into plyometric work, same sort of concept. So we can, if we can really start to see that pelvic floor rehab is just like musk rehab in general, it will make it so much easier for you to navigate a treatment plan. If you haven't done any specific training around this or you don't plan on doing any specific training. But once you know the process and you know that it needs to develop all these things, you can then apply that basic structure to all of your pelvic health clients, which is basically what I do. Through the years I've been treating pelvic floor issues, I've created like my own version of phased treatment protocol um, that I basically use for all pelvic health clients. And it goes from you know, acute neural connection and training all the way up to like, goal-specific functional training and we move them through the phases 
depending on obviously what they present with. And it's tweaked depending on the actual issue, whether it's a prolapse, whether it's pelvic floor issues, whether it's a pelvic tightness, pelvic floor tightness or tension. Um, it changes depending on a few different things, but generally the structure is the same and I can move people through all of that. So it makes it a lot easier to just like follow this process. And then sometimes I forget that that isn't something that's well known right now. And when I'm teaching this, I'm like, man, this is so straightforward. It makes so much sense. And why doesn't this feel like a natural thought process for many of us exercise professionals? And I think it's because we haven't really looked at it the same way. And if you have, then good on you. But if you haven't, it's now, now is the time to actually do that. So think about it like a musk injury. If you haven't really learned much about the pelvic floor and how to rehab it, then I do encourage you to think about applying those same musk concepts and theories to pelvic floor and see if that helps you navigate treatment a little bit more. Maybe it helps you think outside the box a little bit more. Um, see how you can improve the neural drive. Can you improve its range of motion and teach that lengthening and the contraction phase? Is it strength that it needs? Does it need a little bit more strength? Does it need to be trained with other muscle groups to gain the strength? Can you teach it to integrate with other activities? And then maybe can you expose it to these higher loads? It's just a little bit harder because you can't quite see it. And if you're not really a women's health physiotherapist, then you can't actually palpate it. And if you are, stop doing that <laughs> yourself because you're not allowed to. Um, not that I think you'd want to, but I think this is where we struggle to know like what is going on and if what we're doing is correct. Um, are we doing the right thing? Because you can't see it. It's not like many other muscle groups where, I mean, you can't technically see the rotator cuff. I mean, really of the shoulder. You can't see piriformis, but we can feel it a little bit more and we know what things to look for. And then that, that the same thing happens when you start to navigate pelvic health. You can see a lot of things around the body that tell you what's happening or gives you a little bit of an idea anyway. Anyway, that's my thoughts. If you are actually interested in joining the wait list for the next round of the mentorship, maybe you want to learn a little bit more. And I, when I say a little bit more, I say that very lightly because it is a deep dive mentorship. It is not touching the surface of things. You learn pretty much everything I've ever learned in seven, eight years, however long it has been now. Um, but I have started a wait list for the next intake. So you can join that um, if you like. The link is in the show notes. It will be it's a yearly intake, so it's going to be next year. However, I do have some interest in people wanting to learn like little bits and pieces of pelvic health that aren't specific to the mentorship or maybe not specific to the mentorship, but they're not as deep dive because not everyone wants to be a pelvic health guru. They just need a little bit more understanding of things. So if you are looking to stay in the loop with more opportunities to learn about pelvic health, then jump on to the Her Professionals email list, which is also a link in the show notes. And that's where I'm going to be, you know, posting anything about that before it is on any of my socials. So those people stay in the loop first. So you've got two options. You can join the mentorship wait list, which is the six month deep dive women's health specific. You get all the shebang. Um, probably my favorite option, to be honest, because there is so much to learn about actually treating pelvic health that you can't just skim the surface. Or you can join the Her Professionals email list and be in the loop with any new opportunities that may arise. There are thoughts in process for this, but no real plans. So don't be holding your horses for that one. Everything's in the show notes. If you can uh, like, subscribe, share the show, please, if you do, because that would be really helpful for me. Um, but that is it for today. So thank you for being a supporter. I really, really appreciate you. And I hope that you have a fabulous day wherever you are. Bye.